Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors of Strategy Page discuss current events with a splash of history. I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk. With me today is the editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author and game designer, Jim Dunnigan. Also joining us is the associate editor of Strategy Page, columnist and author, Austin Bay. Let's go. Yep, waiting for the recording to start. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Thought we'd talk a little bit about the repercussions of events in the Ukraine. Um, Austin, it looks like uh, Africa is going to be suffering some severe food shortages, right? Uh, Dan, parts of Africa already suffer from severe food shortages, uh, or to be more accurate, poor uh, food distribution because you've got the food resources, but it's very difficult getting it uh, to the the malnourished who may be malnourished simply because uh, they're poor and the weather's been bad, but frequently it's because of violence and wars and, and displacement. And this is something, if you go back and look at the third edition of A Quick and Dirty Guide to War, uh, Jim and I put together in what came out in 96, I think there's a <clears throat> in a discussion about the uh, displacement uh, in Africa and uh, it's uh, uh, by by war and violence and, and uh, then the uh, uh, what we'll call a secondary and tertiary uh, effects of uh, people dying from uh, exposure uh, and, and starvation. Uh, again, it's not news if you think back into the 1980s, all the starving in Ethiopia and, uh, and like. But what is a, a critical factor, and I, I can't say this is being ignored, even though, uh, look back, I believe it came up in, in January in one of our, our, our podcasts where uh, I, I mentioned black sea wheat. It may have been in, 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 in February. And this is, uh, it, Turkey was uh, already scrambling for uh, other uh, sources of food or making sure that they had the, 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 the money to buy, buy grain. Part of it in, in Turkey's uh, case at the time was their, uh, their own inflation and their, uh, their uh, currency problem. But Russia is the world's largest exporter of grain. Uh, Ukraine is, I think, fourth largest. But Ukraine, a lot of Ukraine's production is bought by the World Food Program. I'm not sure of what the uh, exact uh, uh, percentage is. And it goes into a World Food Program uh, operations. it's not all in sub-Saharan Africa, but that's where it's particularly, uh, uh, particularly uh, critical to uh, make up for uh, either crop failures or, and as in the case I said, the, uh, the, the chaos from uh, war and, and and displacement. That's that's just uh, that it's that's been part of the deal and. Uh, I, th- I think Canada's number two in exports and U.S. is number three. Those don't line up, Dan, with ex- absolute uh, production 
China, I think, leads the world in grain production, but they consume it all themselves. India is number two. And then now you get into, I think we're number three. U.S. is, is, is number three. Uh, and uh, Ukraine, Canada, somewhere uh, it, it, uh, it, in there. For Canada and the, and the U.S., the, uh, it's, uh, it's more than enough for uh, domestic uh, purposes. And ours is, it can be uh, exported or are given away. But in Ukraine and Russia, it's, I know Russia is, makes most of its money from uh, oil and oil and gas and selling resources but a huge chunk of its uh its uh, exports is uh, are in grain now when you see analyze who is dependent on it you're already into these as, as when your leading question was right on the mark uh, you're in, into these fragile places that are already living on the edge. And we can start running them off, Central African Republic, uh, parts, of, parts of Burundi. Rwanda is fairly stable right now, but the thing is, is look at also all the other uh, uh, glo uh, global inflation. Uh, Somalia, Kenya, uh, Tanzania is kind of okay. Mozambique isn't. Uh, Malawi and Zambia are 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 are, are vulnerable. Uh, Zimbabwe is dependent on it. Sudan, even though Sudan has uh, enormous agricultural uh, 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 potential and and, and product, uh, productivity, southern Sudan is uh, is dependent really uh, on the World Food uh, Program. Ethiopia, Ethiopia could do it, but it's still in, locked into a, a civil war. And there I'm just going to places in uh, Central Africa. And, uh, of course, Con uh, Congo has, it has food resources, but they're, uh, they're, uh, they're uneven. And uh, the East, uh, East, which uh, Jim and I talk about uh, occasionally on Strategy Page, where the, the Kivus and Ituri province are just a complete, complete mess. Uh, now, I, but that's not here to say that, oh, it's just a sub-Saharan African problem. No, when I, after I did that research on, on Turkey and black sea wheat, and there was an article I read about uh, other grain buyers in the uh, Middle East and Southwest Asia, I, I go right, right, right through the list of, of, of petro powers in the uh, uh, Persian Gulf, uh, they've got money, but they also they buy a lot of wheat from Ukraine uh, and Russia. Uh, Syria uh, is the, the same. Egypt, Egypt's got tons of uh, of agricultural production it, itself, but they still buy. And right on across the uh, North African uh, uh, littoral, and the Asian, there are uh, other Asian countries that uh, still, uh, they have a deficit, even though they produce uh, uh, wheat, corn, uh, rice, there's a deficit, uh, domestic deficit. So they rely on, on the uh, exports. And Russia and Ukraine, it's been uh, good business for both of them. Now, what do we have? Uh, oh, let me add one other component 
the uh, uh, the war also has affected global petroleum uh, supplies. And as a result, we've already seen here in the United States what's happened, and a lot of this has to do with our our uh, restrictions on uh, domestic uh, oil and gas uh, production, but uh, a rise in, in fertilizer uh, prices and a rise in, in just flat in, in, in gasoline and diesel fuel prices, and it makes it more expensive uh, to uh, farm, and uh, even even on uh, smaller uh, smaller plots. And here's one of America's uh, built-in strengths. I mean, the U.S. and Canada have the Great Plains, and think about it: Russia, Ukraine, fabulous places to grow uh, grow grow grain and uh, soils on it. But it still, to produce that, requires a uh, a system that uh, has uh, access to uh, water. Uh, Fertilizer, and then uh, okay, so the uh, power to uh, uh, plant, and then uh, and then harvest. Uh, and U.S. and Canada are far better off than some of these other uh, uh, countries that are the fragile uh, countries or the poor countries in the developing world that don't have the uh, local uh, resources and certainly they don't have the cash. To buy it when uh, with when petroleum is over 100, 120, 110 dollars, 110 dollars a barrel, and it has not just effects on your quote unquote economy, it has effects on what you have at the dinner table, and we might not be seeing it in a uh, a desperate you know desperation quite yet, but uh, uh, there's. I, for instance, I heard on BBC World Service a discussion with a, a Pakistani who is uh, uh, runs a uh, a bureau that uh, manages or and uh, doesn't regulate but but monitors Pakistan's mango uh, industry and they're the world's largest exporter of mangoes and they are having a heck of a time dealing with. With uh, fuel prices, and it, it was a fairly extensive interview. It sounds as if you know, oh, just a niche. Who cares? Well, a lot of people in Pakistan care. A lot of people around the world like mangoes care, and that's not as critical as uh, wheat and, uh, and 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 corn are basic diets of human beings. So, I, I, all right, Dan, I've laid out the issue. Ukrainian. Uh, grain is off the table since the Russians have blocked up all the Ukrainian ports, and it's hard as it can be to move it by rail out of Ukraine. Though I've I've read that some has been moved, and it's been shipped out uh, uh, through Romania. Uh, but Russia has already stolen uh, some, uh, several silos, thousands of tons of Ukrainian grain, and put them on Russian ships and and shipped them out through the Turkish uh, Turkish Straits. That's there's been a little bit of coverage uh, uh, of that. Uh, most of the cover, better coverage I've seen had been in, in uh, a couple of the British uh, uh, British newspapers, but it's been picked up in the U.S. Uh, uh, as well. And and Ukraine has made extreme, you know, complain about it. It's theft on top of destruction that uh, Putin's war has brought brought to Ukraine. And Russia still has been able to ship out some of its grain through its its 
uh, Black Sea ports because Ukraine hasn't uh, bottled them up. And these are on commercial ships, so they Turks let them pass. They're not they, the Turks are only bottled up the, uh, the Straits uh, under the uh, 1936 Montreux Treaty to the uh, uh, navy ships, uh, military ships of the of the belligerents. So it's Russia's been selling some grain and Ukraine's grain, but its own operations have been affected. So now globally, you have uh, higher uh, higher prices for these staple foods that are uh, essential to human diets. And what's going to be the effect uh, in some of these fragile places that are already on the edge? Uh, political chaos? Yeah, you're going you're to see a great, a great deal of disruption. And it, it will lead to a spike in a place that's already afflicted by small wars. And it's uh, a, a huge amount of suffering. And it, uh, again, the critical factor in that is has been the, 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 the fallback position is the World Food Program's ability to uh, provide emergency food. <laughs> Ukraine's played a huge part in backing that uh, backing that up and it's not it, it isn't available so we've got the uh, an explosive situation it's that are places it's been a smaller containable explosion but it's uh <laughs> affecting large portions of the african continent uh and key areas uh, uh, uh of asia there'll also be effects uh peripherally in other areas, even including uh, uh, South America, even though I hadn't mentioned Argentina, Argentina is another huge uh, uh, agricultural uh, agricultural power. But it's uh, it's it's one of those. This is uh, looks at it as being a secondary effect of the uh, uh, attack, the invasion of Ukraine, but it has absolutely primary. Uh, does primary damage to so many places that aren't part of the major media's focus in this. Jim, are these effects going to cause violence to start to go up again? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't start violence in the African countries that are most affected, like Congo, Eritrea, Madagascar, Namibia, Somalia, and Tanzania. Um, Turkey, uh, Egypt has, you know, uh, cash uh, reserves, as it were, supplied by the oil Arab oil states, so they can compete. They can feed themselves, but they're trying to work up plans to, uh, to uh, how should I put it, reduce the impact in the future. Turkey, of course, is one of the examples where Russia is using its stolen or its own grain uh, for geopolitical, for 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 diplomatic, uh, and in effect military purposes, uh, um, Russia can supply uh, Turkey with the additional food it needs, uh, probably at higher prices, uh, but they can't go too high because Turkey is broke. Um, uh, Russian grain has already showed up in Libya, where they are fighting Turkey, well opposing Turkey. Uh, Libya has finally, uh, how should I put it? Uh, settled some of their, um, their how should I put it, their uh, political problems. Um, but now they're faced with, uh, you know, with the presence of, uh, continued presence of Turkey, and uh, and Russia's coming in there, basically playing both sides. 
you know, hurting uh, Turkey in Libya, helping Turkey at home. Of course, for Turkey, the uh, peace at home is more important than what's going on in Libya. Um, Somalia is another problem. It always has been a problem uh, in Africa. Uh, the one reason why there is still a fairly heavy amount of combat in uh, Somalia is because the um, the Al Shabaab, the uh, the Islamic uh, terrorist group, major Islamic terrorist group there, early on realized that uh, 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 food aid was a major uh, military asset if they used it right. In other words, first they charged the um, the food supply groups, as Austin pointed out, distribution is the key. Uh, you know, huge taxes uh, to get it into the areas that needed it the most. Um, they uh, also uh, are going to be able to use that more now because the food price has gone up. Now, another problem with the food prices and the food shortage is that many of the Western countries are NATO countries that contributed cash to the World Food Program, and they have cut back uh, fairly heavily on their contribution because a lot of the aid is going to uh, Ukraine, as well as the cost of um, shipping their 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 energy, you know, supplies from Russia to other sources. That costs money, so they basically have to feed their own people, and at the same time, you know, prepare for the coming winter. Uh, so, uh, the uh, you know the politicization of, of, of food is a major factor. While Yemen is not in Africa, it's right across the uh, the, the straits from. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, from uh, from Africa, uh, the uh, the Shia rebels that are backed by uh, by Iran have long used uh, food control of food and control of the main port on the Red Sea uh, to uh, to aid smuggling of Ukrainian weapons and uh, allocating food and not allocating food to uh, groups in their areas they control who are not cooperating. Uh, that has become a major uh, problem, and it's it's getting worse because the food prices have gone up. Uh, the only bright bright point in that area is that the the major port uh, that um, uh, that brings in the uh, food to the uh, the northern um, Yemen, where the uh, where the uh, the Iranian forces are in control, uh, is now you know under the control of the government forces, and um, and of course, they the the uh, uh, controlling that is important because that means they can get enough food in to feed the people who need it. They still have a problem getting it to the uh, the people in uh, you know the tribes uh, in uh, Shia-controlled territory that are not cooperating, and that 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 food sure that food supply is basically used as a weapon to either get the uh, the opposition groups to to not actively oppose. Or to you know, uh, in some cases, uh, to join again the uh, the Shia forces uh, that are basically attacking Saudi Arabia and UAE with uh, Iranian missiles and you know, ballistic missiles and cruise missiles and guided rockets. Um, so it's not just a food shortage; it's a uh, it's a how should I put it? A a it has an impact on the military uh, situation around the world. As Austin pointed out, Africa has long been the major uh, place, the major source of people who are literally either starving 
or on the on the cusp of starving, food insecure, as it's described. Uh, and that's going to get worse because, again, food prices went up. There's less money allocated for distribution, so you can have less food going in. Uh, Somalia, in particular, was going to be hard hurt because they were always on the on the short list for you know food supplies because so much of the food uh, was being uh, stolen by uh, the uh, the uh, the Al Shabaab, the, the Islamic terrorists, and they're still doing that now. They're they're basically on the defensive, but in areas where they have influence. In other words, where they have armed groups, they are still going to be out there, you know, hijacking food or basically charging, looking for more cash to light it through. But people in in uh, in Africa are going to suffer. Uh, there's going to be less food because it's more expensive, and uh, more, as it's more expensive, there's more incentive for uh, groups in the uh, the affected countries, especially Congo, and uh, believe it, now it's Madagascar where they have a. Uh, a uh, Islamic terrorist, uh, you know, uh, uprising going up up north. Mo- Mozambique. Jim. Oh, sorry, Mozambique. Um, and um, and Tanzania is is just to the north of there, and Tanzania has been trying to uh, so uh, to prevent the uh, Al Shabaab from getting more people and other items into uh, Madagascar, and uh, food is now a a weapon to uh, so to speak persuade. Uh, Tanzania to ease off on that. So, you know, it's always been as much a a political uh, military weapon as it has been a humanitarian, you know, uh, device. And there's just less of it to go around. Now, uh, what might change things is like those pictures we saw back in the 1990s of literally starving children. You know, one of those pictures... <laughs> You know, uh, you know, can generate a lot of support, uh, but people have become rather immune to that because, again, a lot of the, the the NGOs that supply the aid are now savvy. They realize they have to respond to the uh, the thievery, uh, to the diversion of food aid uh, by you know the armed groups in these countries or, or just local politicians. Uh, this is another been another problem. Uh, a lot of food aid is distributed with the assent. Of the local government, uh, NGOs try to get around that, but in, in some countries, uh, the uh, how should I put it, the uh, the local power groups are fairly cold-hearted, and they say, look, you know, if our people starve, we'll blame it on you, and you know, you have to explain, you know, why we're corrupt and how they're doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But the photos going out, you know, they're easy to blame on on the on the on the West and the NGOs. You know, the media is the message. Uh, so a lot of the crooks have become more media savvy since the 1990s, um, and so this is already causing disruptions uh, politically and militarily uh, from you know uh, Turkey and uh, down into uh, to Africa, um, and it's only going to get worse and longer this goes on. Now. Uh, this NATO is aware of this. For example, uh, the Russian control of the uh, Black Sea is relying on you know about two dozen uh, relatively small warships. They lost their 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 battle cruiser uh, Moskva uh, to a Ukrainian attack. The uh, the Ukrainians asked the United States to provide harpoon anti-ship missiles and the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the uh, GPS controlled. 
GMLRS, uh, you know, rockets. Now, the Russians make these as well. They're not as accurate, but they're accurate enough. And, uh, and even though, you know, uh, we, our sanctions can basically uh, make it difficult for them to, for the, Russia to produce the, uh, the longer-range ballistic missiles because they need uh, critical components, guidance system components from the West, um, the simpler, you know, guided rockets, again, like the American GMLRS, which started being used in 2005, that's the only rocket we use. It, it now has a range of up to over 80 kilometers. Well, the, uh, the, the Ukrainians point out that if they had that, they can that and and uh, and, uh, and and the latest version of um, uh, of harpoon, they can basically destroy uh, the the Black Sea fleet, and uh, and that would enable you know uh, you know uh, uh, commerce uh, to resume or at least you know uh, make almost uh, eliminate uh, the Russian you know, veto on any uh, shipments uh, they don't approve of. Uh, coming out of the, uh, the Black Sea. Now, I think it's uh, Denmark has agreed uh, to, you know, basically send uh, some of those, uh, you know, har- long-range harpoon missiles to uh, uh, to uh, Ukraine, and the United States is under pressure, you know, to supply the uh, the HMLRS, uh, which you know the uh, Ukrainians have, you know, markedly, you know, uh, identified as a shortage. The, the U.S. position was that, well, no, the MLRS, an attack on their fleet, you know, might escalate the war. Well, you can't escalate it anymore. You know, Putin has said that he's determined uh, to to basically uh, gain possession of at least the Donbass and keep the Crimea, something which, you know, politically uh, the Ukrainians cannot agree to. I mean, they're, they're taking all these losses. Uh, they're seeing their, their economy uh, devastated. Cities uh, blown to pieces. The Russians are now relying on unguided, you know, uh, rockets and, and artillery uh, to do most of that damage. Um, and uh, they basically uh, cannot, you know, have any assurance of, of defeating the Russians, you know, without that assistance. Of course, another problem is, and I know I'm segueing here, is that NATO has basically run out of supplies of the guided anti-tank missiles, the javelins. The NLAW and what have you, um, and, uh, and another another how should I put it uh, sector that is basically gearing up production are the weapons producers, mainly American but also British and Swedish, to try and replenish those supplies and keep the Ukrainians supplied. So you know the food shortages you know double back on military operations. Uh, you know it's clo- it's 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 a, it's a it's a vicious circle in Ukraine. Because if you can basically uh, get the Russians, you know, defeated or neutralized, bingo, you've solved a lot of the food, uh, you know, shortages. Um, but you can't do that unless basically you, su- you supply Russia, you know, with, with uh, or supply the Ukrainians with more weapons uh, to, uh, to basically defeat the Russians. Um, I mean, the Russians are basically at the heart of all this. As Austin pointed out, there were, there were uh, food shortages looming for other reasons. Uh, and for example, the... Um, uh, Russia is a is a key exporter of uh, certain types of um, of, uh, of uh, 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 fertilizer, and uh, and there's a shortage of that now, and uh, that is causing problems. So it all comes back to Russia. Uh, again, the problem was pretty bad before uh, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, but since they've done it, 
it's been exacerbated. So they might also have to, uh, you know, uh, account for, uh, you know, millions of uh, starvation deaths, uh, mainly in Africa, uh, because of their their insistence on, you know, a, a seizing control of Ukraine. Hey, by the way, uh, and we've reported this, there's a lot of opposition in Russia to this. I mean, a lot of Russians figured it out, even though their news uh, mo- until recently uh, was uh, government-controlled uh, news, uh, painted a whole different picture about, you know, who was responsible for the war in Ukraine. Uh, between the veterans surviving uh, and, um, and and the news getting in, as it were, through, uh, through Telegram, that's an encrypted, that's an encrypted uh, uh, internet app uh, invented, ironically, by a couple of Russians who were forced into exile because the Russians didn't like it. While the Russians tried to exploit it, they had their own pro-Russia, you know, uh, bloggers, as it were, on, on Telegram. And a lot of these guys have said, look, we, we cannot... Uh, you know, keep our inte- any integrity at all if we don't report. And the reporting to the Russian people says a lot of well, a lot of the bad news in Ukraine is true. You know, we're taking heavy losses. Uh, you know, our, our 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 commanding officers are stupid, making stupid mistakes. A lot of the images that are coming through from Ukraine, which for for a while Russia said, oh, they're all staged and what have you. Uh, the pro-Russian, you know. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Telegram bloggers are basically saying no. Uh, Russians are uh, Russian soldiers are reporting that it's all true. Uh, we're taking a beating, and there's and there's and there's no way out of it unless we stop the damn war. And that means thousands and thousands of Russians are actively, again, in some cases, you know, setting fire to uh, ammunition depots and and fuel storage areas that supply the the war effort, uh, recruitment offices. Uh, there's 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 a massive increase in draft dodging, which the Russians will punish. They'll, they'll send you to jail. But, you know, a, a lot of parents tell their kids and the kids agree that it's better to spend a few years in, in, in jail, at least until, you know, there's a there's a change in government. I mean, Putin's just hanging on by his fingernails um, and rather than going to Ukraine and definitely getting killed because the Russian offensives that they're running now are are more cautious, are, are using more artillery. Um, but a lot of Russians are getting killed. The, the Ukrainians won't go for that. They, they, I mean, they're not going to use the suicidal, you know, ground tactics that the Russians have used. They're a lot smarter, and uh, that's why if they get enough of the the, the weapons they need, uh, they will basically beat the Russians without taking heavy casualties. And that means uh, fewer starvation deaths, especially in Africa. I mean, again, most of the other countries can can obtain money. You know, to pay the higher prices, even though it, it means they're going more into debt, and that includes, uh, you know, uh, places like, um, like, uh, like Pakistan, for example, India. In order to avoid a food shortage, they they banned exports. They used to be an exporter, not a major one, but some, but they stopped it. And uh, and some other countries are doing the same. They say, well, we got to take care of our own people first. Um, but it all comes down to Russia, and, and a lot of Russians realize it. So there you go. Putin, Putin can't uh, hide it from a Russian, from the Russian farmers because they know the stuff isn't moving out as fast as it, as, as it was, and they they, they know something uh, or, or probably a lot about uh, agriculture around the Black Sea. They know Ukraine, and they're they're aware of uh, of the restrictions that Russia is 
is is operating under. It's, it, it, it's undeniable. We're even seeing now a few uh, dissidents uh, in the uh, army, retirees, uh, speaking up on Russian national television shows, and they haven't been disappeared. Which is uh, uh that was uh, that's this is old news, about ten days old. Retired uh, uh, Russian uh, colonel air de- air defense, who's a uh, uh, um, intellectual an- uh, analyst. He was on the most uh, watched talk show in Russia. It's a it's pro Putin talk show, and he flat said uh, that, uh, that uh, this is a mistake. And we're losing, and uh, it's the the rest of the world treats uh, uh, Russia as uh, with amusement when we threaten nuclear war. I thought that was an interesting turn of phrase. Uh, you've seen some reaction in the West when the, the Putin ra- uh, waved the uh, nuclear uh, sword, but uh, that's basically okay. You pull that, then then, then everything's. Everything's on uh, on the table. So when we talk all the other thing too, Dan talking about, oh, if we send them guided MLRS, we're escalating. Come on, they've already threatened nuclear war. Who's who's the escalator in in, in, in this case? Uh, look, Ukraine still has uh, Odessa. If you've got something, as Jim pointed out, clearing out any uh, uh, surface elements of Russian Black Sea Fleet, and I don't know what their submarine. Uh, situation is. But then Ukraine also laid out a bunch of mines. Some of them become free-floating, and uh, uh, Romania and uh, Turkey have swept a uh, few up. And this, again, this is old news. This was even happening in March. They uh, came up, they might, they may have been uh, cut by the Russians, and they didn't, uh, they didn't destroy them. Uh, those are an impediment to commercial shipping, and it's uh, this goes back to a strategy talk we had four or five years ago on, on talking about the, uh, what maritime insurance does to global shipping. I think we were talking actually about piracy and, and uh, Somalia and uh, piracy in the Red Sea and, uh, and the uh, uh, Indian Ocean and Arabian Gulf. Uh, maritime insurers aren't, aren't going to let you ship. Because they're not going to insure you, and there are a lot that's so the ships that are available aren't going to move till the mines are gone, much less the uh, Russian uh, Black Sea uh, Black Sea Fleet. There are a lot of these nuanced issues that you rarely see addressed, except in especially uh, uh, the specialty press uh, about how the conflicts that. It's secondary, tertiary, to use the words I was using earlier in the in the in the podcast, are actually critical to the entire process, and that's when is some in some sane uh, maritime insurance company, wherever it is, going to permit uh, a, a Ukrainian uh, vessel loaded with grain that's already sold, absolutely the the the, sh- the shipments. Uh, uh, vital to uh, people uh, in several different uh, different places. When they're going to permit it? When it's, you've got not only war but uh, floating mines, and uh, and you're in danger at least until you get into Turkish waters. Well, uh, that brings up another uh, you know uh, opportunity. Uh, one of the plans now for uh, basically opening up 
uh, Ukrainian Black Sea uh, exports through Odessa. Odessa is near the uh, the uh, border of NATO nations. And the plan, of course, if they can basically destroy uh, the surface fleet and the submarines, but there aren't many submarines and they're not, you know, there's only a few. And, and basically we've been covertly uh, sending uh, maritime patrol aircraft. And, uh, and we could also, the other plan is you can, you can send in helicopter-based mine clearing uh, systems uh, to be operated from NATO countries. To, and basically, if you can clear a lane from um, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, from, from Odessa, which is not very far, you know, this is less than 50, 60 uh, kilometers uh, through uh, Ukrainian waters. Once you hit NATO waters, any Russian interference in NATO waters is an attack on NATO. And now Russia may not be deterred by it. They said, well, you're already participating in the war. But, you know, they said, you know, well, you know, if you do that, you you basically enrage NATO nations already. Uh, for example, Finland and uh, and uh, and Sweden are basically saying, look, we've noticed what's happening in Russia, especially the uh, the Finns, who basically have a long border with Russia, and they keep an eye on the Russian garrisons. So those garrisons have been emptied out. There's practically no Russians guarding the Russian border anymore. Uh, they're running short of people. Uh, they're under a lot of pressure. Now, that doesn't mean you know, um, Finland's getting ready to attack, but they say, you know, Russian threats against them you know, are not particularly uh, credible right now. Um, and, of course, they point out that what the Russians are worried about up in the uh, the, the Baltic Sea is that once as Sweden and Finland have joined NATO, uh, the, the, uh, the Baltic Sea becomes a, um, uh, a NATO lake. You know, the Russians are basically pinned up, you know, in a small area they control, uh, and uh, and they basically have no room to maneuver. That's something Russia wants to avoid. And that, again, gets back to the reason why so many Russians are opposing it. You know, a lot of these Russians, not just in the, in the, in the, in the food industry, they realize that the extent of the sanctions is doing long-term damage to the Russian economy. Yep. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of the damage is going to be irreversible because, you know, their, their, their West European customers are now basically, they no longer trust Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine and the Baltic states already pointed it out to, uh, you know, to, uh, to the Western states, the Western nations, that you can't trust Russia. They make a deal. Uh, they have no, no compunctions. If, if they get a little like Putin in charge, he'll just rip it all up and say, ah, oh, this, was, this was agreed to under duress. Well, all agreements are agreed to under some kind of duress. Uh, that's why we have NATO. It's there mainly to defend people from Russia. Uh, and the Russians don't seem to get that. Well, a lot of Russians do. They say, well, you know, NATO isn't attacking us. We're attacking NATO. We're attacking Ukraine. We're, we're doing in Ukraine what the Nazis were doing in Ukraine. I mean, they're actually saying that in Russia because they realize it. I mean, a lot of, Uk a lot of uh, Russians down near the Ukrainian border, they have family in Ukraine, especially in Kharkiv, which has been under siege for months now. Uh, the, the Ukrainians, you know, push the, uh, the Russians back to the... Uh, close to the border, and they're still doing it. Uh, but the Russians are still basically uh, shelling uh, Kiev to prevent supplies or reconstruction or anything like that going on. And, you know, at first, the uh, uh, the, the people in Kharkiv who, who basically could still, you know, telephone their, their, their kin in Russia, the, the Russians would say, no, 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 the other Ukrainians, you know, in Kiev, 
They're, they're making this up. They're attacking their own people. And that's something Russia has been known to do in the past. Putin uh, was, was accused of uh, doing such, uh, you know, staging uh, terrorist attacks uh, in, in, in the southern uh, Russia and in, even in Moscow, bombs going off, which uh, later turned out to be, uh, in, you know, Russian, you know, uh, operations. Uh, and Russian and, and a number of Russian journalists who tried to investigate and publish, you know, uh, died or <laughs> otherwise were, you know, scared off. Um, so a lot of Russians are fed up, you know, with what their government has turned into. Um, but right now, you know, Putin's still in charge. But, you know, as, as Austin points out, you know, it's not just retired officers who are, you know, opposed, you know, uh, fed up, but a lot of guys still in now. He's, he's oh, relieved yeah. no, a lot that, that- He's That's relieved right. a lot of, 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 of senior officers of questionable loyalty. But so far, the ones that are still in are following orders, even if the orders are stupid. That's why you had the air defense colonel, you know, pointing out. And he had a lot of active, he, he basically got that from a lot of his active duty buddies that, you know, our hands are tied. We know what we could do to, to get to some more air, air superiority over Ukraine. But we have our orders and we have to follow them. Or otherwise, we're out of a job. And... Um, so Putin's burning up what little support he has left, uh, and uh, but in, as long as he's in charge, uh, you know the war continues and the uh, the long term damage, uh, well the short term damage to food supplies uh, in countries that desperately need it uh, increases, and of course the, the damage to the Russian economy and and your economic future, uh, you know declines as well. Dan, let me make a quick comment though on that NATO. Okay. Uh, littoral uh, route that Jim was outlining to get uh, out of Odessa and then into uh, Ro- Romania and Bulgarian and Turkish, okay, uh, Turkish we'll waters. Snake, Snake Island, which is uh, south of uh, Odessa, that was one of the first places the Russians attacked and took. It was where the uh, Ukrainian uh, small uh, local defense force on there told uh, the Moscow to uh, get screwed. Uh, Russians still hold that, even though Ukraine has has hit it with with strike jets, and uh, it's a it's a death death trap for them. But that's going to have to be completely to pull off what Jim described. That's going to be have to be completely neutralized. Maybe it uh, maybe it has, but it does open that route. Now, heck, you could, but you, you you're really going to have a lot of costs. You come down there, the mouth of the Danube, where it comes out, and then use the Danube to ship it back up all the way through. Through Europe, you know, all the canal system, and then uh, out uh, via the Rhine. But uh, the, the that's that, that may sound ludicrous, but it's it is something I'm sure somebody has has looked at, has looked at. But uh, it's uh, it could be done, but it would be uh, it, it would be uh, doable. Uh, it, it's doable, but you've got well, a lot well, of diplomacy well, the, to do it. The Ukrainians yeah. have admitted. That they could do, but right now they're using it like a, a one-sided Verdun. The Russians have lost hundreds of troops, uh, you know, uh, a half a dozen landing ships and what have you. Yeah, right. Trying there, to get reinforcements and and supplies yeah. and evacuate wounded, you know, uh, uh, troops on on Snake Island. And but the Ukrainians say, look, you know, we could just go for you know for for taking it back uh, if it suited our purposes. And sure. if NATO gets its act together, uh, you know, uh, that could happen. Well, all right. Well, that's a good place to end. Uh, it looks like uh, the ramifications of the war in Ukraine could uh, be with us for a long time. 
and uh, I'm sure we'll be talk, continuing to talk about them. So we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. Uh, have a good weekend. Take, Take care. care, guys.